Hello, and welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. Before we begin, if you're not already doing so, head on over to Twitter and follow us at Theater in the Now. That's a theater with an E-R. And send us a tweet saying hello, and we'll say hi right back. And of course, check us out at theaterinthenow.com for the latest news, reviews, and interviews. Here Art Center, where Antimatter Collective's The Tower is about to be debut. We're here with the one and only Philip Gates. Hi. How are Thank you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's been a while. It has been a while. I don't know how this long. This is exciting. It's been, a, I know. it's been a very long time. That's nice. Did you listen to the first podcast? Do you know who the first guest was? No. Mr. Christopher Dirksen. <laughs> nice. Excellent. So, yeah, I'm excited All to talk to Keeping it in the you. family. Yeah. <laughs> so how's the show going? Good. Yeah, it's going great. Um, we're in uh, we're in tech. We loaded in Monday. We have an insanely ambitious design nice. <laughs> that we're trying to, you know, we're working everything out and yeah, opening Saturday. So it's well, all coming together. To get everybody ready to see the show. Plug away. Get great. Everything. Everything. Oh my gosh. Okay. So the tower is. Uh, it's we we bill it as the psychedelic tragedy of the Donner Party. Okay. Um, the Donner Party, in case you aren't familiar, was a group of pioneers who uh, were snowbound in the Sierra Nevadas uh, in the 19th century on their way to California. Basically, they were doing the Oregon Trail, <laughs> nice. um, like all the landmarks that you hit in the game. They you know they passed. Um, and they got caught by an early snowfall and were trapped in the mountains for a, a few months. Mm-hmm. And all had basically all of them resorted to cannibalism in order to survive. And the ones who did not were the ones who were eaten. So basically, if you survived, you you ate people. Um, and so that is. Um, that's the that's the that's the the base of the story is is the history of these people. Um, so uh, the it's psychedelic uh, because the play jumps around through time and space um, in order to sort of uh, communicate the fractured perspective of the characters as they're going mad from being trapped in this small space um, and and not having food, not having enough rest being in cramped quarters with each other and their minds start to fall apart a little bit. So the and play explodes and fractures to reflect nice. that. So how did you get involved in this project? Um, so my friend Adam Mazur, who's a writer-director, multi-hyphenate, master of theater, um, he came to me a couple of years ago with the idea to, he was like, hey, I'm going to write a play about the Donner Party, um, but I want to do some workshops first to just work with actors and get a bunch of ideas um, for, for scenes and situations before I write the script. Um, so we did a bunch of research with our friend Maya Rook, who is a historian um, who's fascinated, who was, you know, independently was pursuing the Donner Party, and Adam actually met her at a party. Um, yeah, it was nuts. And so he was like, I'm making a play about the Donner Party. She was like, oh, I want to do that. So she was super helpful, um, and the three of us, you know, sort of did all this research, uh, decided which historical figures we were most interested in, and sort of created the characters and the situations that we wanted to explore, and then invited a bunch of actors for a two-week workshop um, in which we just, we threw all kinds of crazy prompts and improvisations and movement exercises at them, and we ended up with this thing that was about 45 minutes of, like, total insanity. Um... And how much of that is still in the piece? Um, a decent amount. Um, there, yeah, there are scenes. There's at least like four 
I'd say at least four scenes that were right. improvised way back in the day that are still in the play, and uh, one or two dance numbers. <laughs> Obviously, Exciting. they've been through about three or four different versions and different songs, and you know, changed the story of it. But but the germ of the idea that you know was planted right. in the workshop is is still in the show. So obviously, it's based on history. Mm-hmm. How much of a of liberty did you guys take? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, we wanted to we wanted to have all the facts right. and know our shit, um, so that when we were deviating from history, we were doing so very intentionally, um, in in order to you know to serve the story that we're telling. Um, and so we've compressed a few things, um, and we've we've changed. Especially, there was one character, Margaret Reed, who. So, okay, so the, the general outline of the show is that there, we follow two groups of people. Okay. There, um, there's a group who uh, leaves the rest of the party in order to make a journey over the mountains to get help. Um, and then, then So we follow them, and then we also follow their, their friends and family members who are back at the cabins waiting for them to come back with help. Um, and there's this one character, Margaret Reed, who in history was, was stuck at the cabins, but for a variety of reasons we decided that we wanted to send her on this trip. Gotcha. Um, so we made a, we made a few calls like that where that we know are not you know totally right. accurate, but it's in the service of creating a more streamlined, clearer sure. narrative for the audience. And we did for her. We put in a line where she's like, "No, this is wrong. I'm not supposed to be here." So Very that's our, cool. You know, that's the answer. So what draws you to this material? What is? Um, I mean, the story is just so crazy. I, I think what's most interesting for me about it is that it's it's this mix of. The, this, this like grandiose like grand almost Greek tragedy like the scale of it and like the you know the blood and the number of people and cannibalism and it has this sort of like almost mythic scope to it and crossing over mountains but then at the same time you have a lot of very small very human interactions that, that allow us to that make us connect with it um yeah, so it gives it. I I love it because it gives me, you know, in staging the opportunity to go both like go for broke and kind of go for some of these like really big huge theatrical moments and also to look at some really fine you know detail work of just of of what happens to the relationships between people when they're under these extraordinary circumstances. Nice. So you have a pretty hefty design and collaborators. Um, have you worked with some of them before? Are they new? Yeah. How, how did you pick your team? Sure. Um, so, well, our lighting designer, Alana Jacoby, is, is a longtime collaborator of mine. She's done basically all my shows since I moved. Yeah, all but, like, one since I moved to New York. Um, uh, and she was on... We did a workshop... After the workshop with actors, we also did a sort of a fuller workshop production of the show last spring at Standard Toycraft. Okay. Um, and so Alana was on board for that. And our projection designer, Sam Kuznets, um, was also around for that one. He's now back as our projection and sound designer. He's Sorry. doing, like, double AV duty um, so that he can really integrate those elements, and it's, it's working fantastically. Um, and then we have two new folks... Um, oh, and also back is Stephanie Cox Williams, who is mm-hmm. our gore designer. Who she's a legend. She is a legend in the New York theater, and we are she lucky. Is. We are lucky to have her. She does incredible work and is helping us with some of the gore and blood moments. Um, 
And then we have a couple new faces who I'm very excited about. Um, we have uh, Peiyi Wong doing our scenic design. Um, and she's created this really magical atmosphere that, that straddles the line between uh, sort of like a museum, like a guided history tour, um, a campsite, or like natural park, a natural uh, national park. Nice. Um, yeah, and all, uh, yeah, so it sort of combines those two things, and it's a really amazing container uh, to put this story into, and a, a, it's just a great space for the audience to hang out. Um, and I, we post her, we gave her a lot of challenges with this piece. <laughs> it's like, so we need all this crazy stuff. We need all these different spaces, outdoor, indoor. Also, we want it to be immersive, and we want the audience to be everywhere and be able to move around. Like, good luck, go! And she's created a really cool space, um, so I'm excited for people to see that. Um, and our costume designer, Summer Lee Jack, um, was a recommendation from you know someone who had worked with her and who I trust, and she's also fantastic. She's... she's um, done a lot of fantastic period research about you know what people would have been wearing um, so the so the the costumes are all really you know authentic to the period um, they've all you know they're all distressed in these really funky ways you know to reflect the fact that these people have been trapped and living in dirt shacks for two months when we first meet them um, yeah it's a it's a great team it's been really fun and you have some actors everybody. you've worked with before mm -hmm. um, how many are new how many mm -hmm. Great. Uh, it's so it's a ten-person cast. Okay. So that's exciting. <laughs> it's a big, big group. Um, seven of them have been. We so okay. There's three of them who have been with the show from the very, very beginning, from our early experimental workshops. Um, so it's they've been with us for the whole time. They really know their characters so well. Yeah, exactly. They're the veterans. They know this piece inside and out just like we do um and then we have four folks who are with us for you know version 2.0 last spring um and then three folks who are completely new um and it's actually been fantastic to have that range it's a nice blend yeah exactly because it keeps, it, things fresh. it keeps things fresh it keeps us from you know the new blood keeps us from settling into like oh well we'll just do this thing that we did last time because we can't do that we have we have new people and we have to so that keeps keeps us you know creating creating from from a you know, a fresh perspective, but at the same time, it's also nice to have the people who are familiar because we're sort of starting with a base level of, right. of knowledge and familiarity that enables us to go even deeper um, into the story and the situations. Yeah, so it's been really fruitful to have this lovely mix of amazing people. Awesome. So you talked a little bit about the evolution of the piece. Um, I'm assuming this isn't the last stop. Where, where, what happens next? Where would you like? Where do you imagine this piece going? Oh man, next? Uh, <laughs> in your dream world. That's a, in my dream world. Well, there, I have two. I, there's two dreams. One of them is is to do is to do this play out west. Okay. Um, uh, there's a dream to to do this play, you know, in Truckee, California, which is where they were trapped and where everyone knows this story inside and out. Um, I think doing it for people who have grown up with this mm -hmm. history to see this spin. Um, and the perspectives that that we're putting on it would be, I mean, and just and I want the cast. I mean, Adam and I have been out there to do research and stuff, but but I, and it's a really magical, amazing place. A nice that little is, business trip. And exactly, I just want I want to bring everybody out there so we can all <laughs> hang out at Donner Lake together. <laughs> um, so that I mean, that's one dream. Um, and then I guess I don't know. I mean, somebody to to be in a space 
that would really I mean here here's awesome and has way more space than we did last time we did the show so we're able to do more of the environmental design but to to have like I mean you know like the Park Avenue Armory right. like would be the insane version where we just can really build a whole world and take the audience with us even more you know across mountain ridges um, and into huge banks of snow and you know Something like and, and yeah, a lar- an environment where we could where we could make even more of the immersive element and bring the audience even more on the journey, um, make them part of the party. Um, nice. Yeah, that's you know if we if there is a next phase, I'm sure there will that's, be. That's that's it. What's been the biggest challenge for the production so far? Yeah, um, I think. Oh man. There, I mean, there's a lot of them. Um, I mean, Adam has written this really compelling script that has a lot of demands because, you know, as I've mentioned, we sort of jump through time, we have flashbacks, we have flash forwards, we have sort of these out of time vortexes where, you know, a clip from a horror movie about cannibals just gets <laughs> thrown into the middle of the play. Um, uh, and it, it makes it it's it's all in service of sort of examining, as I was mentioning, sort of the effect of of madness and and just the the sort of pop culture blend that this story has gone into um, as as a sort of modern American myth. Um, but realizing that is is pretty tricky, you know, because you have to watch, you have to track performances and sort of where we are, you know, like shooting a film out of right. sequence. It's like okay, where are we in your emotional arc? your journey as a character um you know there are all sorts of designs like you know there are stage directions like a heavy metal hole opens up beneath this character and it's like okay like as a director that's (laughs) a blast to try and be like okay how do we do that and to talk to designers about how we realize things like that and yeah so integrating integrating all of the elements so when um, you first read the script or saw what his vision was did you see it in your head or did it take time to visualize yeah I mean it's because of the way the show was created and because we sort of because we workshopped it together from the beginning and had this sort of base of the of scenes and characters that we knew were going to be a part of it so it wasn't a total surprise but then when he came back with the script I was like seeing more how the pieces connected and the order that they went in that was that was what was um, and made me go oh okay like I the narrative that he crafted and the flow that he crafted um yeah so it wasn't it wasn't a surprise or if it was it was a more it was like oh okay cool I see what you did that's interesting like now I have to now how do I make that happen (laughs) so how did you and Adam start working together how long uh Adam is basically my oldest New York friend and collaborator um we met shortly after we both moved here seven years ago through a mutual friend that we had both done like uh acting Mm -hmm. like study abroad programs with during college um and, you know, she introduced us in that phase when you move here and you don't know anybody and you're like, let's just do some play <laughs> readings with a bunch of people that I've never met. Um, you know, which is still a great thing to do. You don't have to have just moved here to do that. But I, uh, that's when I was doing a lot of it. <laughs> and Adam was at one of those and we connected then. And uh, I've cast him in my... He's acted mm-hmm. in my shows before. Um, he's done fight choreography for me. And now I'm directing this thing that he's written. Um, we've yeah we've worked together in all sorts of capacities so it's it's really exciting to have to have this collaboration that's just sort of grown and blossomed and taken so many forms over the years where now we we really understand each other and how the other person works and you know and and 
so we're able to uh, both push each other I think we're able to push each other and also sort of fill in the gaps <laughs> you know it's like there there are things that he's stronger at than I am and vice versa and so I think we we make a really good team good. in terms of realizing this do you have another project piece. you want to tackle next with them um well we've been talking uh, about antimatter's next mm-hmm. next step um and he has he has an interesting he has an interesting thought about that which I don't I don't know. It's it's not mine to uh, gotcha. it's not mine to reveal. Uh, you'll so have keep, to we'll you'll have to talk on. to him about that. But yeah, keep a lookout. Keep a lookout for what antimatter is cooking up next. You can expect more strange genre <laughs> busting. So what got theater. you involved in theater? How, what got you to this point in time? Um, I think well, my dad is uh, in the Episcopal Church. Um, he, now he's a bishop, actually. But when I was growing up, he, you know, he was a parish priest. Um, and so obviously, I was raised going to church every Sunday. Um, and uh, I mean, you know, hopefully this isn't gonna you know, offend anybody. But there's a lot about the church, like ritual and the services, that it's theater, it's spectacle. Yes. There's people wearing costumes, and there's songs, there's musical interludes, there's uh, there's a story. Um, there's the community of it. So I think, I think being, you know, I don't go to church anymore actually, but, but for me, theater has kind of become, theater, I transitioned for like what that experience provided for me when I was a kid is now what working in theater does, um, in terms of that, yeah, yeah, like ritual spectacle and, and, and the community building, um, is really important. Just the, the sense for me, the sense of, of, you know, the audience and the performers and, and everybody and technicians, everybody being in the room together, making, telling this story and making this magic happen. There's something sacred in that. Yes. Um, and yeah, so that's, I think it was sort of a natural <laughs> evolution. And what brought you to New York? Why did you pick New York of all the other oh, theatrical I, cities? It was not really a very intentional choice, I have to say. Um, when I graduated from college, I was like, well, I don't know. I guess I'll go to New York. <laughs> yeah. um, it seems like the place to be. I didn't have any better ideas. Like I applied for a couple of like internships at theater, like, like regional theaters, and I didn't get any of those. So I thought, well, if I'm not gonna like have a path set out for me, like I guess I have to make my own. And New York seems like is the place to do that. Um, yeah. So I came here, and then I'm I'm just stuck here now. I'm just, <laughs> I can't get out. Well, you've gotten out a couple times. You've yeah. Yeah. Some... I've done gone up north to do a couple projects indeed yeah back to my main roots so in the vast landscape of indie theater um there are so many artists and companies how do you get an audience to see you and support you oh man great question uh (laughs) i wish i had like the absolute answer um we're you know we're trying to we're trying to figure out right now how to get how to make sure as many people as possible know about this show um i think it's about like building Carving out, carving out a niche for yourself, and uh, I don't want to. I almost said the phrase "building a brand," which is so disgusting yeah. and makes me sad. Um, but but it is. I think it helps to to for people to, to be able to people can point to us and be like, "That's an antimatter show." Right. And for like for us, when we're considering like what material we're interested in or what what aesthetic choices we're making, like there's a very clear like, "Oh, that's antimatter. Eh, this isn't really antimatter." Like, to have that, just that sense of, of, of aesthetic and of content and of, and of where you fit into, into the landscape. I think the, the clearer you are about that, 
the better, um, because then people, when they're looking for that kind of work, they know where to look, and there you are. Um, and when they, once you get people to come to a show, then you can build, you know, then you say, hey, you saw a zombie western, <laughs> chances are you'll like a psychedelic cannibal play. Like, you know, it's, it's, it, it helps with, with, I think, audience building to maintain a certain level of consistency while still obviously finding new ways to challenge yourself and to continue innovating, but yeah. Yeah, it seems like it's a hard, there's so many companies and everyone's trying to fight for the same attention. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's a struggle. Absolutely. But it's also, what I found is that it's also a community. Everyone is there to support each other and everyone ends up working with each other at some point. Exactly. And seeing each other's work and... Yeah, exactly. And then you and you start to make connections. It's like one of the actors in our show was just uh, in the Scottish play as Mr. M, and his lady M was an actress that I had just worked with in a dance piece in the spring. And so like it's now it's like small now that community and this community are about to get that connection. And I feel like and there those connections are constantly getting made. And so and once they're made, it's like oh cool. Like now I know that I want to come see like. The, this this group's work because I've been introduced to them through a mutual collaborator or a friend and like now I know they're great and slowly you know and also like the longer that we're all here mm-hmm. <laughs> like the the you know the yeah. tighter it gets and and the more yeah like you said we all just know each other and so it's it's harder but it's also in some ways it is easier the longer yeah. it goes on it's it's competitive, but it's almost less competitive as the time goes yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you realize that you're actually the people that you're quote unquote competing with, or thought you were competing with. You have so many connections to yep. you that eventually they become your collaborators, and they're all you're all doing the same. So speaking of people you haven't quite gotten to work with yet, anyone that's on your list that you're oh, like, gosh. I want to play um, with them. Yeah, I mean, I love theater reconstruction ensemble. Mm-hmm. Um, John Krasinowski's work. Uh, I've you know I've I've been to their last couple shows and um, yeah I, they're they're a really exciting young company. Um, who else? Um, what have I seen lately? Um, well, I'm working right now with um, Claire Keechel, who's a playwright mm-hmm. that I you know we again we've been moving in the same circles for a long time and now finally we're working together. Um, Do you have a dream project? Any scripts that you're like, it's that are on your shelf that you're ready to tackle? Uh, well, yeah. Um, Sarah Kane. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Frankly, um, I think Cleansed is the most terrifying play, uh, and I'm so scared of it, which makes me feel like I have to do it at some point. I'm just like I'm dreading. I dread it so much that I, it makes me feel like I'm going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's there. Um, I also really, I haven't like send, uh, I haven't really gotten a chance to, I've been doing so much new work lately, which is really exciting. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's mostly where my, my skill set and my interests lie. But I do like, there's a couple of like war horses, uh, like there, William Inge is so fascinating to me. Like, I think I have a bus stop, uh, <laughs> somewhere in there. Um, but then also, like, I've been thinking about, like, what my next, like, devising thing might be. And, like, I think I have a play about Salem and the witches. Interesting. I have a witch project. I have a witch project coming. I think oh, the... Oh, uh, witch project. Yeah. I think the 
the uh, the girls who kill who tried to kill their friend for Slender Man. Mm-hmm. You know, that that whole thing I think is completely fascinating. Yes, it is. Um, and that ties into something that I want that I want to try, which is. Uh, this could be an anti I don't know. I'll have to talk to the guys. But uh, <laughs> I think there's room for more horror on stage. Absolutely. Um, that like like, a, like the there's so many horror movies, but theater is theater is atmospheric and creepy mm-hmm. and you know tense. But so rarely does it actually achieve that like visceral level of terror, yeah. which I think it absolutely can. Because I mean, we're, dr- we're falling into this world of sci-fi and geek theater happening, so horror is on its way, too. Exactly. And, yeah, and so, I don't know. And, and, and immersive, you know, with yes. especially with the, the immersive trending and, like, haunted houses, I think there's, it's only a matter of time before all these things come exactly. together, and I think I'm interested in being there when it does. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, I don't know if the Slender Man or, or something else, but like, what does it feel like to really scare the crap out yeah. of everybody and do a live horror film? So, we're gonna get into some little fun questions. Okay. Um, maybe get you some like sponsors. Um, what is your favorite New York City eatery? Uh, it's called All's Well. Okay, where's that? It's in Williamsburg. All right. Uh, it is, it's an amazing sort of like, you know, uh, locally, locally sourced, yada yada yada, all that stuff. But more to me, I mean, that's whatever. But like more uh, to me, it's the execution of every dish that I've ever had there is just is spot on. The presentation is gorgeous. Everything is beautiful. The service is incredible. Like they're so they're so attentive. They will help you craft this beautiful meal. Like every meal, I I never just go there to just like mm, I'll just like <laughs> have order one thing. Like no, you like go with somebody who's important to you. You like do it up. You get like five. You know you get like three courses four courses so it's a good date spot yeah it's a perfect date spot yeah um where is your secret new york city hangout greenwood cemetery <laughs> wow there, there's a, a place to do a horror thing yeah probably yeah yeah there you go yeah I, yeah, I mean, I don't know how secret it is, but, I mean, I used to live literally across the street from it, which is how I started going there, um I would just walk down the block and enter, and but like nobody's really there. Yeah. And it's almost as big as Prospect Park, and as beautiful with as varied terrain. You know, there's hilly spots, there's lakes, there's you know fields. Like you can, you can spend hours in there. Like take a little picnic, get lost. Like that's where I go when I need to just like completely recenter, and and be alone. Um, Have you experienced any ghosts? No, no, I don't think so. No ghosts, but no I will, zombies. No, I will say, um, I was talking to my friend Leah Walsh, who's in the mm-hmm. show. She does a podcast called The Compass about artists, um, sort of about uh, you know how we all deal with this insane life and the dark side and what we do. And, and she was asking me a similar question. I started talking about Greenwood, and, and I'll say again what I said to her, which is that I do think there's a really good energy there. Like, and I do feel like I'm not somebody who gets creeped out right. by cemetery. I mean, okay, sure, if you drop me there at 2 a.m. Like, <laughs> within at a full moon, probably. But during the day, like, I think it's a great energy to be like surrounded by all these other people. So everybody have, listening will find you there. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah. That's exactly. Come find me at Greenwood. <laughs> so besides the Donner party, what's your favorite party? Uh, um. My favorite party, I mean, and 
a 90s like throwback pop <laughs> nice. 90s and like early 2000s mm-hmm. like the soundtrack of my middle school and high school Britney Spears and like early college. yeah exactly and the irony is that I wasn't really listening to this music <laughs> when I it, when it was out because I was too nerdy and I was listening to like classical music and show tunes <laughs> um, but I came to it and I was I, I did get Britney Spears' CD when it came out um, which one the, the first the one the very very first one because you know it was like everyone was talking about it and also you know it was like and I was 12 and everyone was like she's hot and I was like yeah sure she's hot like today's whatever. her birthday it, is it? today is her birthday how did I not know this and happy Fa- birthday Facebook told me Facebook told you that mm-hmm. good for Facebook such a useful tool I know happy birthday Brittany <laughs> so we're gonna do something called the pop five rapid fire I'm gonna give you five pop culture like questions okay and you're just gonna say the first things that come to mind okay great you ready? bring it we are going to start with Adele's Hello. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. It's, and the Muppets parody, if you've seen uh-huh, the Muppets parody of the video, gold. The Starbucks Red Cup. Uh, okay, this is gonna take. This is gonna be a, a long tangent, <laughs> Do but it. so my dad, you know, I just mentioned he's a bishop, right. right? And and so my mother made this Facebook post about uh, you know something about how you know the bishop is a Dunkin' Donuts man, not a Starbucks man. <laughs> this was the day before this whole cup right. fiasco happened. So then she actually had to go like on Facebook and Twitter the day after and clarify <laughs> that she was not like endorsing like Dunkin' Donuts right. for their cup for their joy cups and condemning Starbucks. <laughs> like she had to like clarify that she was not making like a theological statement about these businesses, which is just an insane fact of you know what my family does now because of this job but yeah so that's what i think of one of those red cups we'll keep with the christmas theme uh-huh. um elf on a shelf uh what what even is that it's those is little it's like the little elf that um, parents put all around the house to make sure their kids stay good during christmas oh my parents never did this yeah to it's me. like a new thing there's also mention a bench for Hanukkah. Oh, that's cute. Mm-hmm. Does it, it does it like have a camera in it? Like is no, it, it's, it's just, just it's just a motivational like, tool. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's creepy. Oh, that sounds very disturbing. I don't think I like it. My roommates and I last year we would just like hide it all over the apartment and Oof. it was fun. Um Times Square. Uh ooh. I mean I try to avoid it whenever possible. When I first moved to the city and was working for Roundabout as a telemarketer trying to sell people subscriptions, I would get off the one train at 50th Street and I would walk through Times Square and be like, I'm in New York. <laughs> but now, no thank you. Yeah, and you staged a little play there too. I did once upon a time, written by a, a very familiar familiar face yeah, who happens now my, to be sitting in this room. <laughs> my play is now a period piece. Yeah. So crazy. Um, and finally... Star Wars Episode Seven. Mm. I mean, I will see it. I will definitely see it. I'm excited. The trailers actually look great. It's not my nerd, you mm-hmm. know, genre of choice, as you well know. That is James Bond. Yes. Um, but uh, but I support. I did will, you see the new James Bond? I did. I did. And who should be the next Bond? I'm I'm pretty on the Idris train. Okay. I could totally get behind that. Who should not be the next James Bond? Uh, I mean. Anybody American, that's wrong. What about Australian? Australian you, is fine. Hugh, There's could do it? Pr- Hugh could do it. I, uh, 
I don't know, but he's he's too, got enough geeky. Things. He's got too much happening. He has too much. You need somebody who doesn't have already an identifiable like thing. Maybe for James Bond happening. musical, on Broadway. yeah. Hugh actually could be a great villain. I yeah, think that could be interesting. I think he would be a great villain. He's trying to do some villain roles. Yeah. Hook. Um, yeah, exactly. I would. I would see that. So we do something uh, where we have our guest ask a question to the next guest. So before we get to your question to uh-huh. ask the next person, we have a question from Chris Dearson. Oh goodness! And okay. his question was: Did he know it was me? He didn't know. Okay, good. <laughs> his question is: When do you want to get coffee? <laughs> okay, Chris, I'll get coffee with you tomorrow. I will take a. I will take a. I'll take time out of my tech and go get coffee with you instantly. Um, He's gonna come to the show, right? Yeah, I hope he better. He better. <laughs> Um, so now's your turn. Ask a question to the next guest. Oh, man. That's such a good question, actually. It would have been even better if I didn't know him, because then the connection <laughs> right? would have been made. Well, that was his but, hope also. Yeah. But. Sorry, Chris. You're stuck with me. <laughs> um, uh, my question... Oh, gosh. Let me think. No, man. That's, it's so, that's so good. I'm so jealous of Chris. Now that's all I'm thinking about. <laughs> um, uh, what if you could be any song what song would you be I like that it's a good question well I don't know who the next guest is going to be and we'll get you that answer yeah, when it happens I'm, I'm excited to find out and then maybe I'll also get coffee with him yeah, do it. <laughs> and Chris we can all have coffee yes. together uh, so we're wrapping up now but give us the show details how yes. do we get tickets where yes. can we find you yes um, so the tower opens this Saturday uh, December 5th at Here Art Center and we run through the 19th uh, every day except for Mondays um, you can go to our website which is antimattercollective.org uh, or you can go to Here's website which is here.org and both of those places will guide you to ticket links um, so please join us and you're for, on Facebook and we're on Facebook and Twitter antimatter um, yeah, come Instagram. join us. Instagram, yep. Any hashtags that people should be? Uh, hashtag ain't no party like a Donner party. There you go. <laughs> if you listen to the end of this, make sure you hashtag that. Please. Well, thanks for talking. Thanks so much for I having me. I can't wait this to see the great. show this, this weekend. This was a nice break from tech. <laughs> well, congratulations. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I want to thank Phil Gates once again for coming and chatting about the tower. Make sure to follow Theater in the Now on Twitter for the latest news, reviews, and interviews. And if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to drop me a line via the question link on our homepage. Thank you again, and until next time, this is Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Mm-hmm.